this wonderful breakfast where he brings pastors from all over the city that don't look like each other. And uh, you, you combine that with the opportunity to display, put on display this wonderful production called The Underground, you now have a, a groundswell of, of opportunity to connect people and to get them talking to one another. And, and that's what our goal is, is to, to, to put that in every city. The United States integrated almost three quarters of a century ago, yet there are still neighborhoods and towns where blacks or whites are the only resident ethnicity. That was more prevalent in the past during periods like Jim Crow and the Civil Rights era. But since its founding, Covert, Michigan was home to whites and blacks who lived, worked, played, and interacted as relative equals for over 150 years. Jim Crow legislation created a segregated country for the most part and anti-black sentiments that often erupted into violence forced black Americans into isolation, which led to the establishment of many all-black communities. The citizens of covert Michigan, whites and blacks alike, disregarded those Jim Crow laws and lived an integrated existence at a time when that was unthinkable. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint here in Memphis on the Bot Radio Network. I'm Byron Tyler, and it's a pleasure, friend, to have you as we welcome to the microphones Ray Jarrett, who is the Executive Director of Unite KC. Ray, welcome to Memphis. Welcome to the Bot Radio Network here. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Byron. We've already got off to a great start. Started with a delicious dinner this past Saturday night. I think you had the jambalaya. I did. It, it was mixed with some pasta. It had a little bite to it. It was really good. <laughs> well, I tell you, I really enjoyed meeting you and your wife, Lorna, for the first time as a rich bod and his wife, Faye flew here for a special event and brought you with them to uh, Ken Ham for an mm-hmm. event at Tabernacle Church in South Haven, an event that we've been planning and working very strategically for many years. It's been on the heart of Mr. Dick Bott. He, along with our general manager, Todd Payne, and others saw this come together, and you got to be part of it. What did you think? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I was blown away, first of all, by his platform and the intense... Uh, basically studious approach he has taken towards uh, not only just things that have to do with creation and the origin of the Bible and uh, biblical worldview, but also uh, his studies on race and race, uh, how it impacts our nation and how little it should impact our nation. So I, I, I was so glad to be a part of that. Well, we discovered more about how little it should have been last mm-hmm. night with Ken, and it was a great day. I'm glad that we had a chance to meet on those bases. Absolutely. And have some great time together. As I mentioned, you are the executive director of Unite KC. It's a grassroots movement with a faith-based strategy committed to racial healing and reconciliation. Now, before we dig into that, mm-hmm. I want to know some of the backstory <laughs> of Ray Jarrett. So uh, what's some of your background? Where were you when your lungs first filled with air? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put that. Uh, I was born and raised in Kansas City in the earlier part of my life, um, Came from a wonderful two-parent home. I've got brothers and sisters and uh, grew up in a Christian family home. So that's uh, that's where it all started. 
You know, I've heard people say, you know, just because uh, you're in a garage doesn't make you a mechanic. That's right. <laughs> you know, <And> so <laughs> when did Christ, the, the message of the gospel, what Jesus Christ did on the cross, when did that come alive in your heart? Well, uh, back in the early 70s, there was a watershed moment in our country where, um, for the first time, drugs were being introduced into public school systems, and there was a lot of uh, racial unrest during that time as well. And my parents made the decision that they wanted to preserve their impressionable young man uh, and send me to Christian school. So uh, basically, they had a meeting with me and informed me of their decision to send me to Kansas City Christian uh, Academy back, uh, back in the early 70s. And uh, there was a critical question I had, which was, hey, mom, hey, dad, do I have to be a Christian to go to a Christian school? And I think they seized upon that moment, and they told me, yeah, you do, and, and I, um, I accepted Christ. Now, later on, as my understanding about the gospel grew and I reflected on that moment, when I was a senior, it was April 17th, uh, back uh, in 1977, that I decided to rededicate my life, and, and that's been... Uh, the foundation of my Christian uh, walk with Jesus. I love that, Ray, because so often we coincide this relationship as a gospel do mm-hmm. when it's a gospel done. Yes. <laughs> That's what Jesus has done for us. Absolutely. I, I think you're right on point, and I hope you don't mind if I steal that. No. Gospel <laughs> do versus gospel done. No, totally. That's Take great. It. So I, I know you're retired. So you're enjoying the better things of life right now. And uh, what was your career in for so many years? I know you spent some time in the Air Force, too. Yes. Uh, actually, uh, the Air Force was uh, my genius idea of trying to provide a foundation of taking care of my family because um, I learned as I was going to college, I'd already done two years of college, and I really wanted to follow in my dad's footsteps and be an, a software engineer and, and write code and he had the green bar paper and all the stuff. First guy to have a calculator that I knew of. And uh, so so I decided uh, to, to basically go into IT and uh, learn some of my trade in the Air Force, got out and did a whole career in IT to, to kind of, as I said, take care of the family. So, now, when you were in the Air Force, did you travel abroad? Was it, Are you assigned mainly to the U.S.? I desperately wanted to travel abroad, but... They sent me to Oklahoma City, and I stayed there for eight years. (laughs) Which was a very strategic place to be because you met a very special lady. I did. (laughs) Her name is Lorna, and uh, it was just, uh, 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 I feel like, uh, a progressive understanding of a match made in heaven. Well, here's the question for you, Ray. When and how did you meet? You mentioned there, I won't know some of the details, but how much convincing on your part, did it take Lorna to be willing to walk down the aisle and become your bride? Well, I, we, we had a good courtship, and uh, we we had this common denominator of art. You know, I was a musician. She is an uh, a, a, actually a beautiful dancer, uh, classically trained. She's a painter. I mean, there's just so that we had this common denominator of art and everything. So... I, I knew pretty quickly that she was the one. You could make and beautiful music together. That's right. Yes. <laughs> well, as you mentioned, she's very artistic, professional dancer, along with running a wellness center, which uses her physical therapy to train and help people with various chronic illnesses. So 
how is it that you work best together? Some couples can't. Opposites attract, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure there are some opposites, I'm, I'm sure. Sure, sure. <laughs> but how is it you work good together? What's the common denominator there? I, I, I feel like when we both can realize that we're leaders mm-hmm. and uh, that we both have good ideas as far as how to approach solving problems, uh, whether they be problems uh, with business or problems with uh, strategies and different things like that, I, I think we work best together when we can have a really good ebb and flow of ideas. Yeah. And so uh, Lorna is just a remarkable person. I tell people jokingly that if I couldn't be me, I'd be her. Yeah. <laughs> but she's she's brilliant, she's smart, she's artistic, uh, and she has a really uh, passionate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And um, every, I mean, she to me is this person who, Whenever she has a goal, whenever she has a dream or a vision, um, God just seems to kind of meet her and and give her a way to, to make it happen. So, yeah, it's it's been great. I want to go back for a second. You mentioned Kansas City Christian School. Mm-hmm. Rich Bott, who is the president of Bott Radio Network, and his brother, David Bott, who is now with Jesus. Yes. David was the original first general manager here. I worked with David Bott back About in that. 1986 when he and Carice helped start the station. Mm-hmm. But you and David were classmates at Kansas City Christian. Yeah, actually, not only classmates, but uh, close friends. Uh, there are four guys that we hung out together all the time, and, and Dave was def- actually part of that little rat pack that we, <laughs> we had together, uh, you know, had some sleepovers at Dave's house and down at the lake. And he was just a really uh, inspirational figure, and he was a good friend. So that means that you went to the lake, so you had to put water skis on somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, that's still one of the big tragic stories of my life. Uh, you know, I think all of the experts tell me that my failure in this area, and I should say it's an epic failure, uh, it has to do with me fighting the rope, whatever that means, but I did... Drink a lot of the Lake of the Ozarks that that weekend. (laughs) Ray, do you recall times where acts of racial prejudice against you caused you maybe to respond with aggressive behavior or maybe question God and why he created you to be black? Did you ever do that? Well, you know what? Uh, Interestingly enough, there was a progression because, uh, and I shared this with Rich, um, and the deal is, is that when I became a Christian in my small, naive world, I just fi- figured that everybody, that meant that all of the people who were Christians did everything that was in the Word of God. Yeah. And so I was kind of really shocked um, with the way that uh, I was received uh, back in the uh, early 70s. But I didn't really respond aggressively until I got older. And um, I just kind of felt like, I don't think that God wants me to uh, to get beat up or be called names and different things like that. So you, I swung all the way the other way and uh, just kind of said, you know, an eye for an eye is the way we're going to work work this. But then as you mature as a Christian, you understand that, no, the right way is to respond in love, look for opportunities to change people's minds, because if I respond aggressively— uh, in defense of myself or my family, that's one thing. But to um, to 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 kind of go tit for tat or whatever, that doesn't really advance the the kingdom of God. It doesn't change people's minds. 
and it doesn't get them to think about uh, things that that may ultimately be life changing for them. Yeah, racial tension, of course, is seen across the country. Mm-hmm. We've seen instances. George Floyd. Yes, sir. There's numerous places in our cities across America where it's really become right in the face of us as Americans and how we deal with this. Mm -hmm. What's the barometer like in Kansas City when it comes to race issues? Well, I've got to tell you, uh, you know, the broad statement is it's better. It's not perfect, but it is better. And there are certain organizations that I have been privy, uh, just privileged to be a part of that I believe have created an atmosphere where people can work together. And and that is the thing that I'm most excited. It's the reason I joined Unite KC. This is something that you have to engage. You have to step into. Yes, sir. I mean, when we can all say, oh, I'm for racial equality and loving my brother, you can say that. But talk is cheap, really, when it comes to this issue and showing the heart of it. And that's on both sides of the fence. Right, right, right. You know, uh, when we start to study the origins of why uh, our country ended up the way it did, um, the, the effects of racism in church and, and its origins and different things like that, we can go back to a really good moment in history and that is the Underground Railroad, which is this great production that happens every year in Kansas City. And it tells the story of how abolitionists and Quakers and slave uh, owners and even slaves uh, work together to keep families together and to help people escape to freedom. And God is the hero of that story. And it shows that we can work together and do things. Everybody knows this fact. This is this is something that most people, um, nobody's going to disagree with. But every major social change that is based upon the Word of God happened when we worked together. I love that, Ray. And I mentioned opening in the program Covert Michigan. Mm, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this is interesting that you even brought this up. And I mean, I know the listeners may not know that we didn't plan this, but in our last newsletter, we featured that town, Covert, uh, Michigan, where uh, people just decided, you know, we don't have to do that. We this and so we're going to take a deep dive into studying what the climate was like, what kinds of conditions, what what happened there in that town. You know, there was a former director of the Pacific Garden Mission does a program at Chicago called Unshackled. Have you have you heard Unshackled? I have heard about that. Yes, <laughs> it's been a long time feature and on Bot Radio Network and the, the dramatized story of life change. And there was uh, Flossie McNeil, who used to be the director there. I met her one year at the NRB, and we sat down in an interview. And she told me about growing up in a rural area of Mississippi back Mm -hmm. in the segregated period of time. But she said, the community I lived in, we didn't have much money. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. My grandmother just taught me we don't look through life through the color of skin. And the people around us didn't either. The small community, the blacks and whites, similar story to Colvert, Michigan, mm-hmm. in the heart of Mississippi. Wow. You know? And that's the way she was raised. So it really has to do with the heart, doesn't it? It, it, it has everything to do with that. Um, people who get to start to know Unite KC, they start to hear this familiar theme of what we're trying to do. And we understand that there was a point in time in our in our history where legislation and marches and and those things were necessary to try to get 
just on an even playing ground to where you could vote, things like that. But we realize that these days, the tool that we have to have in our pocket is one where uh, people have a heart transformation. And so you'll, we, we say that over and over, heart transformation. And we, you know, we, only, we know that God is really the only one who can do that to where um, we don't try to find a way around the laws and, and what's right, but that we try to find a way to implement uh, justice and, and, uh, and love. There's some people who have come into your life who are really part of the picture of this whole story we're sharing here today, Jeremiah and Mona Ina, Dayton Moore, and Jimmy Dodd. Yes, sir. Tell me how these people play a big part in Unite KC. Absolutely. Well, uh, I have to go back again to years and years ago when my wife came home and said, hey, I'm going to be dancing in this production that depicts uh, what, what happened during the Underground Railroad. And um, so through her involvement in that, I met Jeremiah Inna. And uh, through Jeremiah Inna and I became friends, and uh, we worked together on some business things and business strategies he had. But by me helping to volunteer at this underground performance and getting introduced to people, I, that's how I met Dayton Moore. That's how I met Jimmy Dodd. Uh, so this combination of business and and arts is how I met these individuals. So when George Floyd incident did happen, I, we already knew one another, and we'd already been working together in the area of racial reconciliation and racial harmony, and trying to strategize on how we could bring about a change in our city. Now, this concept, the model that you're trying to implement. Is this something you've noticed from other cities, or is this just a, a creation of things you're finding out as you move forward with a heart for reconciliation? Well, it's, it's actually a combination of a lot of things. But one, one important event, again, the George Floyd murder happened. And then uh, Dayton Moore, who uh, used to be the vice president of baseball operations for the Royals, started calling people together and people that he knew and they started dialoguing about how to do this. Fast forward, we've been in existence for two and a half years now, and we've taken this adaptive uh, leadership style. And so you throw things against the wall and see what sticks and what doesn't, what works, what doesn't work. And we understand now that going to a new city, if you've got a base of support, plus this wonderful uh, opportunity to hit the airwaves, the communications through like, Partners like Bot Radio Network. Which you're doing right now. Which is what I'm doing. Yes, this is exciting. <laughs> and then if you, um, you know, Jimmy Dodd, uh, who is the CEO of Pastor Serve, has this wonderful breakfast where he brings pastors from all over the city that don't look like each other. And uh, you, you combine that with the opportunity to display, uh, put on display this wonderful production called The Underground. You now have a, a groundswell of, of opportunity to connect people and to get them talking to one another. And, and that's what our goal is, is to, to, to put that in every city. What are you finding, Ray, are some of the biggest challenges as you move forward? I mean, obviously, there's anytime you have a great idea, you know, there's always <laughs> some kind of obstacles or there's some sourpuss somewhere that doesn't want to help you out. Well, you know what? The, the one thing that is uh, reality, and it's sometimes it's a, it's a little discouraging, is to just know that 
everybody's not going to want to jump on your train and ride to wherever you're going. But, you know, trying to get uh, people, pastors especially, with busy schedules who their main job is to kind of oversee the condition of people's uh, eternal salvation and souls, um, making sure that they make time because we feel like that the church, we have these things called domains and they're just vertical markets. Uh, and we have 10 different ones, and there's a church and family one. But if pastors connect with one another, it changes the whole city. It changes um, it changes the lives of all those congregants and their relatives, and it, it's just a great, great way to groundswell. So, um, you know, there are some common themes that you hear, uh, and I will just, I'll be brief, but the biggest one that we have to combat against is... The idea that racial unity is either a Democrat or Republican issue. Right. And if we can erase that from everybody's minds, because the Bible was around a long time before that, as you know. <laughs> what a good word there, Ray. Well, you've also co-authored a book, One Good Thing, Heroes Working to Unite KC, and you did it with Matt Folks. Is that right? Yes. Now, how is this book playing a part into this whole project? Well, this is going to be an annual project that we do. So every year we will pick seven or eight people who are doing that. That happens to be our slogan, one good thing in our city to help promote people working together to break down those racial barriers. Uh, and so it was just a great project. Matt is a well-known uh, sports writer and he's authored 20 or 30 books. Uh, and uh, of course, working with Dayton, uh, this was his idea. Uh, this was it was just a great opportunity, and so the book is out. It's it's published. It's it's for sale, and you know, we, of it's course, it's on Amazon. It's right. It's on Amazon, <laughs> and uh, we we can we can use that as a great um, resource for people to know how to get involved. Let's go back to the dance performance, as you mentioned, the Underground Railroad, and how your lovely wife uh, is for the past sixteen years has invested, engaged this opportunity to communicate this message of reconciliation. Um, creative individuals, not just dance, that you guys sponsor events throughout the year and bring on different creative people to come share and showcase different events. How have you seen this to be an effective tool in communicating your message? And more importantly, what noticeable changes have you seen that's helped fuel your efforts as a result of that? Well, that that's really a great question. So uh, in our adaptive uh, leadership and learning style, what we found that works well is we have four major events, one a quarter, and then we have monthly events. And all these events are designed to get people talking, to get people educated. And and that's no small task if you just bring them together. But the key thing is, is that we always, always, always have a time of talking and connection. And we'll even give you the questions to ask to the <laughs> to, to the other person. You make it easy. Yeah, we make it easy. And and people are shocked. I. I could spend hours and hours telling you great stories about people connecting and really finding out all of the similarities that they have. And that's the genius of the, the whole domain idea is that if, if communications people and arts people and sports people and business and church, if they're all talking, they have this common language and they have common interests and they've seen issues that need to be worked on in our community. And they come up with their own ideas. I don't tell them what yeah. to do. So yeah. it's great. I love it. 
You know, Ray, the often overlooked part of reconciliation is the reconciliation that God initiated through sending his son to die on a cross to Mm -hmm. reconcile us to himself. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How is the message of the gospel reconciliation being communicated through Unite KC? So uh, one of the things that we are the most proud of is our approach. Uh, we don't we don't make any apologies for being faith based, but at the same time we don't try to put the, uh, the the blinders on that there's different denominations, different faiths, people raised differently in different parts of the country, mm-hmm. and so when you have an outward testimony of love and acceptance and working with people and and listening to their story, Christ comes through in all of that. And I've had more opportunities to share Christ through Unite KC than I ever did. And I'm kind of a big, let's, I used to be a part, as a matter of fact, at uh, Kansas City Christian, I was on the let's go door to door and pass out the, the, the tracks and the whole thing. So it's it's been a great, great opportunity for us to be a light oh. to our city. Well, as we get ready to wrap up our show, not a whole lot of time left here. Uh, it was mentioned about these radio spots, the 60-second spots that you're airing on the Bot Radio Network right now out of, I think, Kansas City. Yes, sir. But it's time to bring them here to Unite Memphis uh, spots. There you go. So in these spots, you often will give tips how we can do better in relating to each other. We don't have a lot of time, but give us two or three of those tips that you've been sharing lately. Sure. Everybody's seen the movie uh, Groundhog Day. And so we have a normal flow, ebb and flow to our day. One good way is to notice your surroundings and just introduce yourself. Invite people to coffee. Um, the, The advanced piece is getting them to your home and having dinner and stuff. But sporting events, when you're there cheering on your team, Man, everybody's a friend, you know, so connect that way. So and and we have a whole book and a whole bunch of tips. You don't have to stand on a corner with a sign uh, wanting to get white or black friends or whatever. So, hey, we've got to get the website out. So I want people to go there to learn more. I also want people to go to Amazon and get a copy of your book. Again, the book's called One Good Thing, Heroes Working to Unite KC. Hope you'll get friend a copy by going to Amazon and picking that up. But the website. Website is unitekc.org. Real easy to get there, yeah. And you'll see how to get connected. Um, and again, again, if you happen to be listening and you're a different city, there's ways to contact us, and we'd love to uh, bring what we've learned to any, any city in America. Ray Jarrett, God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you for what you're allowing Christ to do in and through you for His kingdom, for His glory. Thanks for being our guest here on Bot Radio Network. Well, thanks for having me again. I couldn't have been in finer hands here in the, in the city. So thank you so much, Brian. Well, friends, thanks so much for listening to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee, our Bot Radio Network station here. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.